Hey guys, welcome to episode 154 with my wonderful guest, Colleen Smith. Um, Colleen is a, an amazingly talented improviser, and she's also an astonishingly brilliant uh, puppeteer with the Henson Company. Um, I just am a huge fan of hers, and I hope you guys will uh, will enjoy this episode. If you've been watching any of uh, the amazing Paul F. Tompkins' No You Shut Up show, which I suggest you do, uh, she regularly appears uh, as a puppet multiple puppets on the show i think colleen forgive me if i'm incorrect about that but certainly the um the red squirrel which is also one of my favorite things to see her use when she does puppet up which is an amazing improvised live puppet show uh okay guys i that's um, maybe enough about me bragging about how much i love colleen but what can i say she's awesome and uh and i also want to just acknowledge that i'm pre-recording a couple of these intros because i will be uh, as many of you know uh, off in australia and new zealand for the next couple of weeks so and then we're going to get into boys of summer so i would say if you have uh strong feelings about boys of summer that um you know to be los angeles or san francisco based those are probably the easiest for me to try to get to um i'm sure you can imagine there are people that uh you know i'm affiliated with um as if i'm a corporation uh that i will be going after and um and securing for boys of summer but uh but if you have suggestions of course i welcome them i want to throw a couple of uh shout outs in here i want to thank natasha for your email i want to thank uh pally um from twitter uh who i met at c2e2 and has now subscribed to the podcast so hello i want to thank ken for your comment on twitter i think it was about the felicia episode and uh nova for your email and um again guys because i'm going to be out of town i'm going to be Catching up on shout outs probably when I get back. And uh, until then, I hope you're having a, a wonderful and pleasant almost summer. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. Listen, I'm going to get right into this now. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm giving you immediate instruction. You know how a microphone works. Yes. This is a microphone. Mm-hmm. Although this is a fun thing I can say to someone like you, which is this is not a puppet nose. Come yeah. on, everybody. You don't even have a puppet nose. No. Because my uh, dog, Whitley, thought it was a toy and gently pulled one. I watched it happen, but I was across <laughs> the room. At, at some point... Uh, and now it feels like the distant past. Like I've just never replaced it. Um, because I went online and was like, Oh, I need a microphone cover. And I Googled, uh, you know, whatever I went on Amazon and I just Googled like whatever this, I don't even know what this is called, but I figured it out somehow. And I saw that I could get a pack of six and I was like, great. And so I ordered it and then they came and they were like this big, (laughs) they were like mini, like Barbie doll size. (laughs) And I was like, first of all, classic Janet, because there was no indication of size. But yeah. For some reason, I was just like, well, I of mean, course. that's what I need. Well, this is standard can't microphone tell it yeah. size. So it wasn't the right size. And that exhausted me to the point of being like, oh, I can't, I don't, I don't want to order the wrong thing again. And I just didn't get another one. Did you try to sell the old sizes back? to somebody no i think i just threw them away because they were like four dollars and i should have known i should have been like oh pack of sex for four dollars but i just have no sense of things i don't comparison shop i'm just an you need an assistant i I mean i i really could probably have used that because she would have been well actually i have someone that garfunkel and oats recommended and i adore her and it's true this was before she was in my life and i've never thought about doing that but now that you say that i think yeah like 
That's it what they're. Be, it's worth her helping me be like I'm thorough because she's very thorough. Yeah, they follow through yeah. and yeah. they return phone calls and they yeah. know dates. When but you ask them what date it is, I they were, know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would I have been an assistant and I was really great at managing someone else's life. So what is it that drops off when all of a sudden it's your microphone covers and that seems like it would be more important than someone else's microphone covers and I still just fall apart and paid can't, to can't do open. it. So it makes yeah. sense. Like you're you're like I I the tedious search for sizes and yeah. comparison makes sense because it's your job as opposed to your life and your life shouldn't feel like a job I think right which is why everything's frustrating <laughs> you really hit the nail on the head now I want to say to the listener just because uh, those of you who are regular listeners and I feel there are many of you uh, are uh, familiar with my setup so you know that. I frequently have the guest on the couch um, and that uh, I sit on the floor. Now, many times people do sit on the floor. Not many, You know what? Not many times. Uh, maybe 30% of the time. I don't know if I've ever had someone just square off with me on this side of the coffee table, tete-a-tete. Is it uncomfortable for you? I'm into it. Okay. There's you're some- an improviser. You're direct. You want to make contact with me. Yeah. I approve of that wholeheartedly. My mom told me once, she said... Uh, that like it's proper body structure to prevent like combative stuff to sort of catty corner someone. Oh, interesting. So that straight so on is off. like aggressive. Yeah. And if you kind of go like to the side, like they don't feel aggressed. Right. Aggre- <laughs> but I feel like also if you have a relationship with someone where it's clear, like if we were total strangers, I would understand that, I guess. Yeah. But then I it feel would be we're weird. way past that point. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting on the ground drinking water and, Bottled tea. So. I know, and I just made a lot of assumptions about your water that I. Hey, ice is never a bad thing. I let me let me say this now. Again, I'm far too candid on this podcast. But last <laughs> night I ate too much chicken. All right, uh-huh. that's just the reality. I got home late. I didn't have time to eat through the course of the day. I ate a big breakfast because I knew this is going to be a busy day. And so I got home at like ten, mm-hmm. and I was like, dinner time, and I had like some, a bunch of chicken breast and big salad and stuff. And I just continued to eat because I was eating fast. I was like, it's time to go to bed also. And so I just ate a lot and, uh, and I was immediately full. And I was so full that I felt like I was really thirsty, but I was like, I can't put anything else in there. <laughs> I already feel like I have, I'm pregnant with a chicken. I'm going to have a chicken for, and name a chicken and tend to a chicken and cradle it in a, and, and rock it to sleep at night. I felt so, so full that I... I was, I, I, my logic was like, I, okay, what happens when you're, what do you do if you're thirsty? And then I was like, well, they give pregnant women ice cubes, ice chips, ice chips. I'm going to suck on an ice cube because (laughs) I'm so thirsty, but I don't want to drink any water because I just feel like I can't take in, I can't take on anymore. Did the ice chips work? Yeah. Well, it worked. It's true. I do know people who have eaten too much and then drank too much, myself included, and then got real pukey because, yeah, you just fill up. Yeah. I think sparkling water is always a good idea. It is? If it's an option because it makes you burp. And then it makes room. Is that true though? Or but 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 if you're doing sparkling water, aren't you just kind of creating the burp? Like aren't you, you might creating be a, and then a getting... little bit? But I think that's why when you're like nauseous, you know, you drink sparkly <sighs> water and it makes you burp. I think it probably like it's half the sparkly water burp that's coming out, but then also the air pockets. Interesting. I mean, this could be this entirely wrong. This yeah. is great science. But you, like a pregnant woman, <laughs> <laughs> already 
already I'm using the logic of a different part of your body is full of baby yeah. than food, Janet. If you don't know that a baby doesn't grow in your stomach by now, God help you. Yeah. You're in a lot of trouble. I couldn't sleep last night and it didn't make any sense because I'd gotten up early and I'd been productive and I'd exercise. Like by logic, I should be sleeping. Yeah. And um, I was like, you know what it is, is you ate healthy all day and you didn't eat something giant right before you went to bed. <laughs> When you get into that habit, it's the same as some, I mean, it's not the same, but like, it's arguably the same as someone who needs to have a drink. Yeah. You know, because I don't drink, really. I mean, I guess I I certainly don't drink at the end of the day to unwind. Yeah. Some people do, you know, you can have a glass of wine or whatever. And I think there is that, like, what signals are you giving your body? Well, the thing for me, too, is like, I definitely drink at the end of the day to unwind. But now I'm getting to that place where... Then I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't sleep because of alcohol. That's why I stopped. Yeah. And I think I've it's hit so that weird. place. Like, oh, hey, racing heartbeat. Like, what's happening? What, yeah. what emergency do I need to attend to? Oh, nothing? And not even like uh, like a bunch of drinks. Like a, the other night I had two glasses of wine, which for me is not a lot, large amount of wine. Yeah. And I gl- could not sleep all night. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But last night, so I hadn't had anything to drink. So I was like, cool. And then now you'll be able to sleep. And I couldn't sleep. And I was like, you're hungry. So I had an apple and then promptly fell asleep. Well, there you go. So That's I didn't a have good to glut decision myself. to have an apple. Cause I yeah. probably would have at that point been like, this feels like permission for me to eat a pint of ice cream. Yeah. No, we, I don't allow that stuff in my house. Well, Actually, it is in my house because my roommate is one of those 0% body fat people mm. who just walks by me every single day with like some sort of microwavable lava cake <laughs> and ice cream <laughs> and then macaroni and cheese and steak. Yeah. And, and I'm just like eating kale. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like to say that we're tall. Yeah. Uh, that it sits on us differently. It does. I mean, you can hide it for years. You can hide it more for sure. Yeah. But also it's cute because like when you're tall and not uh, too huge, it makes me laugh when people are like, oh, you're just a little slip of a thing. And you're like, oh, you don't, you haven't seen me standing on a scale. Like it, yeah. I'm 5'10". This, there's mass here. Like I don't weigh 110 pounds. Yeah. You're crazy. When people talk about pounds and I was like, I weighed 110 pounds when I was in like third grade. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. I haven't weighed, I, for sure, because I grew tall fast too. Yeah. It was like, I have not weighed I can't, a little amount. Yeah. I like when remember. people are like, and then, and then, you know, Allie McBeal, like and then when yeah. they're like, and she, and she did weigh 98 pounds. We found that out. I was like, that I would I would be dead. Like that's at least what half of my bones feel like they weigh. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I don't weigh two hundred pounds, but like, <laughs> I know you. I couldn't just, do it. I would be a dead just person. My mass. That's is right. That. That's right. Oh boy. Yeah. How I tall are you? Six. Six one. Six one. Yeah. So I always it's... feel like we're similar to the same height, and I guess we're not because you're still three inches taller than me. I am a sloucher, and I'm very good at hiding height. Like I stand with my legs crossed. Yeah. No one can see this, but. Um, she's, do, you're doing a good finger gesture. I'm really, like, as, as if you're hoping for good luck. It's really clear. Yeah. It, your like, twist your fingers like you're hoping for good luck and place them just down on the ground. Your fingers, or, fingers just make you also seem shorter. Maybe you should cross all yeah, the parts. Just, that's it. Just if I fold my arms, I seem shorter. My brother who's six, four, used to wait tables and he would tuck himself in the strangest ways. I think that's so adorable. Just to keep himself small. So but that, even as so, so for, that's interesting. Cause you don't, boys aren't bred socially and culturally to be as sort of, like Heidi about their height. Are well, they? um, I think certain tall boys are, I think the taller you get, you tend to, but also we grew up in Hawaii, mm-hmm. which I believe the average height for women is like five, four. 
and maybe right. average height for men is like five seven, right. five eight. Right. So all of us He's were really giant. tall. Yeah. So we all kind of grew up really self conscious about our height. How many is all of us? There's four of us. Okay. Uh, my older sister's the shortest at five ten. And she seems to be the best about her height, too. Like, she wears heels. And I wonder if some of that is she grew up with most of her siblings being taller than her at, right. towards the end. Right. But, um, yeah. And my, are your parents tall? They must be. My dad was 6'6", six, six, but my mom's mm. only 5'4". Mm. So, and my dad was super proud of being tall and had great posture. 6'6 yeah, six, six is tall. Ooh. Yeah. But his three of the four kids slouch, have terrible posture. Ian's better now. But, yeah, I think yeah. we all grew up kind of like... What, what, how Hawaii and where in Hawaii? Grew up on Oahu. Okay. I moved there when I was five and Never left been. when I was 18. So okay. I was there for 13 years. All right. Where uh, did you guys move from? We moved from Maryland, oh, which in my move. mind is like a magical land where we lived in a four story brick house. Uh huh. My dad worked in DC. Uh-huh. My mom worked in DC. And it was all real cool. You say, yeah, you say DC almost like they were superheroes. Like yeah. it was the DC comics. It was amazing to me. Like yeah. it was the best. Yeah. And there was snow there and seasons and yeah. people like everyone who listens to this in Maryland right now is like, wow, yeah. you really felt like Maryland was better than Hawaii. Amazing. Well, it was Potomac, which is a, like a nice part of Maryland, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, as I remember, it was kind of But fancy. some people don't want snow, you know. No. And I probably would hate it if I had grew up there. But we, when we moved to Hawaii. Um, and what was the reason? What was the impetus? Both of my parents were in the army. Okay. So my mom got transferred there because she was a nurse. So we got transferred to Tripler. If you're from Hawaii, you really know that hospital. It's pink. All right. Um, And then my dad had just gotten out of regular army. So he just had to get a regular job. And my mom stayed in the army for like three, six more years, something like that. And then she retired from the army. And then they both just had um, normal jobs. I mean, in nursing, my mom in nursing. And my dad had an advertising company for a while. Oh, wow. Um, but it was never, it was good and it was bad. Like, I'm very glad I grew up there cause it taught me a lot of stuff, but I'm just for visually guys, I'm six, one real pale, red hair. <laughs> None of these things are great yeah. for Hawaii and I'm not good at sports. Like if I'd been a volleyball player, sure. then it would have been great for me, Sure, but I am not physically aggressive at all in the sporting arena. You're only physically aggressive when it's a face off yeah. at a podcast. If you're going to sit I'm down on the ground right now, I will totally face you. Yeah. But I, little girls who were like much smaller than me would like elbow me out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) So it's so easy to picture that. And I mean that in the most tender, affectionate way, but I, it's just very easy to picture that. And I just think it's adorable. And I will say that I have said this before about like teenage years, and I'm really excited to get into that with you (laughs) because already I feel like you're a children's book. Like already, I imagine, <clears throat> you know, not like a children's book, like just a few pages with a lot of illustrations. I'm yeah. talking like Harriet the Spy era. Do you know what I mean? Ooh. I'm talking that wrinkle in time, like the sort of, you know, Anne of Green Gables, like the sort of preteen, like the 12 year old scrabbler who just like doesn't quite fit in. I, you're living in Hawaii. It all feels like that. the description of like small little like Hawaiian girls, be, you know, be like, uh, yeah, out of my way, Tolly. Yeah. Because like that's probably the most insulting thing they could think of to say. Um, You're too tall for our state. Actually, people would just say that I was tall or ask me. It's just more like being stopped on the street. Like, how tall are you? Like, really? there's something wrong with you. Oh, um, but I was actually made fun of more for being really pale. Lots of slaps on the back after you got a sunburn. Oh, sure. Yeah, lots of that. How many sunburns did you get? Did you oh, learn your like at early? least Kept two a year? And I know that people are like, hey, you should only have had four bad sunburns in your life or you're going <laughs> to die of skin cancer. And I'm like, what? You, that's just, you just always get sunburns. No, no, no. 
Yeah. Um, but I, here's your problem. Whitley, you're intense right now. Um, because she is a strawberry blonde. <laughs> so she's like, I, re- I see you. I see you, Colleen. I see you. Yeah, I see you. I recognize you. Um, but, uh, no, I, and then I got made fun of, you know, obviously for being a howly. That's a, the <gasps> what? Hawaiian, a oh. Hawaiian word for like, it actually means, I think, foreigner. Okay. But they mostly just use it for white people. Okay. So it'd be like. Well, it's funny because, I mean, after a certain point, I mean, when you've been there since you were five years old, when do you get to not be that anymore? Never. My I parents are very interesting people. Uh, my dad was from New Jersey. And other than the occasional word, you would never know he was from New Jersey. And my mom was from Missouri. And other than, and she, her parents, because I know people from Missouri who don't have Southern accents, because it's not technically the South. I think it's the Midwest, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Midwest. But I've met people Show me who are state. from. That might yeah. not be what it is. I don't know. I've met people from Missouri, especially her family, that have Southern accents or of a Missouri Southern accent. Um, but my mom never did. And and but when she would get on the phone with them, she would have a Southern accent. And Oh, that's funny. But both of them had like non accents and very like you wouldn't know where we were from or what we were. That seems like it could be a product. Of, uh, this is based on zero, nothing, yeah. zero anything. But somehow I could see being in D.C. Like it, that, the, the, there could be a sort of like, listen, we're the capital of the country. We all sound like newscasters. Yeah. That's based on nothing. Again, based on zero. I think it's that. I think they traveled a bunch. Yeah. You know, because they were both in the army. So they just went all over the place and they lived all over the world. And then I think there was like they were I think they were the both the first person people in their uh, family to go to college. And it was just that idea of you weren't defined by where you were from. Mm-hmm. And both of them, I think, wanted very much to leave where they were from. They right. wanted to be bigger and bolder and see more and do more. And and so my dad and mom made it very clear, because Pigeon is sort of um, the way you, sort of you speak in Hawaii if you're just being casual about oh, stuff. What's that? I can I like barely English. do it, but Pigeon English. So you would be like, I feel oh, like brah. That, in my mind, that's, yeah. all, that's like Cockney. Yeah, I mean it's it's very yeah. it's it's just sort of shortened and abbreviated. What if you're like Jan? Did you not know that in Hawaii everyone's like, "Hello, governor." Yeah, everyone speaks. Everyone speaks in yeah. pidgin English. Totally Mary Poppins. <laughs> everyone's a chimney sweep. Yeah. A lot but more like chimneys that, in Hawaii than like you'd expect. Pigeon ebonics, anything that's yeah. like that. Um, and I, it was forbidden okay. in the house. You, there right. was no developing any kind of accent or yeah. And it used- did you feel did you use that at all at school with around your peers no because i remember because there was a little bit of i, I went to a private school and originally so nobody spoke in pigeon i mean kids could like a lot of kids could switch it on and off depending um but it wasn't we were sort of taught proper english right and were the- you in school ever at the same time as your siblings and yeah so, all boom, four of us you're very close in age yeah we're all about three years apart so we were uh, we went through a K through eight. So we were all in the same school. Okay, together. Yeah, at one yeah, point. yeah. And then we all went to Did the same high school. Did that help at least? Like at the Tall Smiths, I... which maybe you should have been a band that you started. Yeah, it was just travel around being uh-huh. really tall. Uh, no, I mean I was not. It was not horrible by any means. Yeah. Like um, we were all really good friends with each other, and I made friends easily because we were all at Catholic schools. So we we're all idiots. It's also pretty. I mean, for everything we've been saying, and me wanting you to have a children's book uh, yeah. about this. Where you turn adorable, sweet Hawaiians into bullies. Uh, listen, I'm backing off all of that. I'm not 
not saying they're bullies. I'm saying in this book, it's just about you feeling like a misfit. And sometimes it's even harder to feel like a misfit when you're surrounded by like well-intentioned, nice, sweet people. Yeah. Because it's, it's, I mean, it's not, that's not harder. That is never harder. It's never harder than being bullied and bullied is never being bullied. is never okay. And bullies suck. And don't let people be bullies. But, uh, (laughs) but it's still a thing. Like, right. It's still, cause that's how I felt in Mormon church. Like I was such an outsider. Yeah. And I think that, the 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 intentions of people to kind of bring me into the fold almost made me feel like more of a sore thumb yeah than if i had just been left to my own devices do you know what i mean well i think what's interesting about i mean i've, I've never really been ensconced in mormonism but i think uh, mormon is still an other from like the majority of the u.s mm, good point so the thing about hawaii is and why will i probably will never write a book is like it's like when you watch a movie about slavery and the protagonist is white and you're like why are we watching a movie about you're absolutely right so when somebody's like i'm gonna read a children's book about hawaii and it's like and the main character is a white girl i, mean, I couldn't feel more embarrassed that i suggested no i know what you mean because a lot of people mention it and like and oh, I, yeah. it is that sense of like i probably could write some sort of metaphorical I mean, thing like i'm a like giraffe and they all... wrote a story about being a white girl growing up in a black community because it is interesting to have like if you address that head on it's yeah. still maybe interesting but i don't know yeah but i think and the thing is in terms of bullying in no way the way i think people define bullying was i bullied i knew kids who i mean it could be bad and it's obviously had an effect on me in terms of just self-consciousness and stuff but i don't know if i had grown up anywhere other than maybe the midwest i wouldn't still be self-conscious it's not like la is littered with just like hundreds of tall people making everything okay absolutely so um i think i genuinely think i it was it was actually very easy and everybody i went to school with had their own quirks and their own strangeness and so me getting, I'd be like, oh, and you get slept, you have a sunburn, and a bunch of people slapping me on the back as I walk by. We were also giving other people grief for other things. So yeah. uh, it definitely, yeah, it had an effect on my self-esteem, but not any worse, I think, than anybody else. I think that totally makes sense. And I yeah. think you're right. I think you're in a place where you you stood out more than you would, but I don't know that you would have felt any different being you know, tall in a, in my high school. Yeah. I, I think you would have felt ex- probably exactly the same. And I was and maybe worse. I was raised very, um, stand up for yourself and, and, and speak your mind. And I think I probably got teased just as much for that, for yeah. being, and I probably, uh, didn't know I was doing it, but bullied other people through being like, you're wrong and I'm correct. <laughs> you know, like a very determined eight year old. Right. Who's just, just I, I wrote a note once to our gym teacher because I thought she was favoring the boys over uh-huh. the girls. Ooh, I like what I'm hearing. So, yeah, so I wrote her Early a note. Feminism. I did not sign it, but I was like, you favor the boys over the girls. Uh, you are sexist or something like that. And I probably was, I don't know, nine or 10. And I left it in her box in the office and I was like, and if you have a problem with this, you can call my dad. And I left. <laughs> and you didn't sign his it. phone number. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah. So I left. His... <laughs> She'll never know. She'll never know. I don't Until know Until she calls my dad. I, or maybe I just wasn't used to signing things. But yeah. anyway, then I got called in and I was like, you, and I, I, when confronted, I'm better at it now, but when confronted, a lot of times I get very like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and then yeah. weirdly cry. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I feel like I was like that too. Wanting to be a tough, strong kid and also being like the most sensitive child ever yeah. and being like sad. Yeah. 
Because you don't like being in, I don't like being in trouble and I don't like thinking I hurt somebody's feelings of or made a mistake. Not. Of course not. But oh, then God, being yeah. very sure about what your yeah. life is. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, so when you were in high school, I am a hundred percent sure you were not uh, playing volleyball. I was not. What, Whitley, you're going to be outside in a, two shakes of your <laughs> own tail if you don't behave a little bit more. I smell like Labrador. Yeah. She's just real. This is why I've been putting her outside a little bit is that she's, especially if we're both on the floor, she's like, this is very clearly playtime for me for sure. Right. We can all agree on that. Yeah. It's not though is the thing. Yeah. Settle in for one second before you can't take lying down long <laughs> and then you need to get up and do something else. Um, uh, so high school, how big was your high school? Is it? Um, let's see. I've never been to, I've only been to Hawaii once. Yeah. And it was only, I was only on Maui. It's a very pretty island. Where, where, wait, wait hold on. Where's I was Honolulu? on Oahu. Where's Honolulu? On Oahu. I was on Oahu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're on Oahu. I don't even know. I'm so sorry. I know what I know is I wasn't on Kauai. Now she's found something to chew. What I know is I wasn't on Kauai. I know I wasn't on the big island. I guess I was, I'm useless after that. That's on Oahu. I don't know. Honolulu, but I made it out. Like I rented a bike, so I was able to ride, but I was on the Honolulu side. Like I was only riding out, you know, as far away from the city as I could on a bicycle, but I wasn't. And then I saw the other side, but I didn't. The majority of Oahu is Honolulu. It's kind of how like LA County goes on forever. Like it's right. You, it's ever, it, and then I guess it's Pearl City. So that's the okay. other city, I think. And you were in, and where, and you were in, in Honolulu. Honolulu. Yeah, I grew okay. up in Hawaii Kai, which anybody it's who knows Hawaii would be like, of course the white girl grew up in Hawaii Kai. Okay. <laughs> I have some Hawaiian listeners. I absolutely have some Hawaiian listeners. Um, it's very suburban. Um, and it, and it's relatively wealthy. There are wealthier places. Uh, but, but two army, army parents with four kids doesn't sound like it would be. Well, they were both officers. Ooh, so I don't know job. what that means, but I think you make <laughs> more money as an officer. Yeah. And then um, my dad, so my dad was injured in Vietnam. And so when his uh, career was up, he, he had a pretty large pension. I think he had like oh. a $40,000 a year pension untaxed. Oh, wow. Um, so wow, those Vietnam vets are lucky. <laughs> I know. He lost Sarcasm. an eye and he got 40 Sarcasm. grand for the rest of his year. Sarcasm. Um, so he, so when we moved there, my mom was still in, in the army and my dad was getting that pension and then looking for other work, which is, thank God he had that because it was really hard for him to find work for a long time. Sure. And so we were, they both worked always when she got out of the army, she ended up teaching. And so we were always a two income household and because we were all really tall, my dad just refused to let us live on base because, um, I guess base housing is really small. Oh, interesting. I didn't know where you were going to be going with that. Yeah. So, uh, and now, he ha- also- now I'm imagining cute little hobbit holes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever been in a base house, but people say base. My dad said base housing is really small. And he also liked quirky houses, and base housing, I think, is very just, you know, yeah. standard. S- and he boxes. wanted something with character. So we actually ended up in a pretty fancy, nice house. But then. And we were doing okay for a while, and then this giant flood came down oh, no. and flooded our house oh, no. and like almost financially destroyed my parents. So oh, there were boy. highs and lows with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But. So okay. Yeah. So, let, wow. That's, these are, this is all great. Again, children's story. I don't know. Uh, so you, okay. So in high school, what were your, what were you excited about? What were your interests? Kind of what were you, were you a good student? Well, it's great that this show is about nerds because I was, I was an okay student, but there was this thing called, so at least in Hawaii, and I'm sure other uh, public high school systems work like this. Different schools got funding for different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So Kaiser got funding for uh, this thing called CAT, which was Communications, Art, and Technology. Wonderful. And we had uh, cameras, and we had editing bays. Oh, and it was that's all cool. Beta and three-quarter inch, yeah. and all that kind of fun stuff. And we had a public access thing that we did a show for once oh, a month. See. Yeah, I think I was envious of that. That felt very far away from me and my theater department at yeah. high school. We didn't, and we our theater department was tiny. Like it was just a little black box theater, and no one ever went and saw their place. Uh-huh. Uh, and I want, I knew I wanted to be an actress, and I was so disappointed by the drama program, uh-huh. and I didn't yeah. do it. Um, but I did that, so we made all these like dumb little movies, and we would it, it, weird stuff. Like I mean, I look back, and it's I had a really dark sense of humor even then. That makes me happy to hear. <laughs> we did uh, hear. as an opening thing. To the show, we did a crucifixion of a cat student. <laughs> and my friend. So other people were on board for that too. Yeah, my friend Lori Spuzak uh, w- w- was dressed in like, we put her in like a, a toga and she carried up a, a tripod up a mountain as two guys whipped her with uh, oh my cords. God. And That's then a, crazy. Yeah, and eventually we crucified her on the tripod and put a sign up and instead of it saying Inri, it said cat. And that was our opening, like, credits. What was the significance of that? Like, what message were you getting across? I don't know. I think maybe we were just like, what's something funny uh, to do? And maybe it was, you know what it probably came from? Was somebody was carrying all this, uh, because the the campus was really hilly and Uh all the... It wasn't one big building. We have it as bad as Jesus. Yeah, we have it bad as Jesus. I mean, to carry this equipment. But it was all these separate buildings. So if you went anywhere, you had to climb up hills to get to a separate building. And probably carrying a bunch of stuff up a mountain, somebody complained about it yeah. and was like, ugh, it's like carrying stuff up. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. And then, it's you know, short, that is actually a short trip for my sense of humor also yeah. in high school, especially being, uh, being forced to go to church. I would have been like, well, let me tell you what this reminds me of. Uh, well, and also if you go to Catholic school, Four, I, it's from second to eighth grade, so six years, and then, or is that seven years? Uh, and then you you get you kind of instantly decide you don't really believe in that, and you now you're in public school and you meet other people who don't really believe in that. Then I think yeah, a lot of your sense of humor is just shedding that and, mm. and pulling that apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so, so you were a te- you were like a video you were a cat yeah, nerd. I was one of the cat nerds, and then I also was a speech nerd. Oh, I love this too. Yeah, I did impromptu, which is interesting because now I'm an improviser. Yes. And if people who don't know impromptu, is you get five minutes to make up a five minute speech on a topic. You pull. Them I mean, out of we a, a just bowl. did that, guys. I just I'm so excited because I saw Colleen because I only look focus at what's right in front of me. Uh, <laughs> up to and including not ordering the right microphone noses. Um, I didn't realize that Colleen was doing the show that I was doing a couple nights ago. And so it was such a, but that's the good news, right? Is you get these yeah. wonderful surprises. Sometimes the surprises, these are all the wrong size. They're Barbie doll size. Sometimes the surprises, one of my favorite people I don't really know, but really wish I did <laughs> is, uh, but have known and watched perform many times uh, is is here doing the show with me. And it was a show called Speechless in which you do have to make up an impromptu speech on the spot with uh, slides, like goofy slides that you don't yeah. know what they're going to be. It's like an, imp- an improvised TED Talk kind of thing. And uh, of course, Colleen did a, a hilarious one and she was... She was doing a, it was a sermon style, uh, but of course the audience's suggestion about what the sermon should be about was like as run of the mill as you can get, which was pornography. And then it's like, oh, now that's just like a real thing. One of the judges 
Which, by the way, that's a whole other conversation. Like, really? To be judged on the spot by judges like it's America's Got Talent? I didn't I know that was coming. I think they were meant to be comedic judges. I think those... those ju- I thought those were very serious. Yeah, they took it very seriously. They took it very seriously. I judged it before, and we just were idiots. We yeah. just said dumb things, because of course I'm not going to judge anybody. Yeah. They gave, like, actual improv they notes. They really did. I mean... That was very scary for me. Yeah. They were nice. They yeah. were very nice. It yeah. was all positive. Yeah. But they were like... It was it though? Like, it was for you, but I feel like there was a, there were a couple of places, speeches where... They really, one of them really was like, I felt like it really lost steam um, in the middle. Oh, yeah. And I would like, like, oh, hold on. Yeah. I really wish you'd gone back to this. Yeah. It really was. I'm like, it's a comedy show. There are drunk people sitting in the back. Like, this is not a real thing. There's one guy who keeps yelling out porn and the rest of the audience does not want to hear about it. That's right. As I discovered, audience, when I went full tilt. It was so funny. This is another thing, too, uh, that audience, I don't think... (laughs) I think also, so you were the first one. Was the so first you was one. Like introducing the entire vibe of the show. You were forced to talk about pornography, pornography. as a sermon. And what's funny is that uh, I usually am in a filthy puppet show. So when my level of like easing into yeah. getting pretty dark. You're ready to go there immediately. I was ready to go there and they were not, which makes total sense. Yeah. I still thought I was ready to go there because I had backloaded all of that information you just said. I had it also accessible yeah. to me and that made me really laugh. Well, thank you. I you were the you one. Were great. No, it's not true. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's great. That's really funny that that was a thing that you can admit. There's an immediate drawing of a line yeah. like there. I saw you there. You did that when you were in high school. Yeah. Uh, was so, it so, was it something like <laughs> was it like Jeopardy where you kind of have to know a little bit about everything because you never know what you're going to be asked to speak no, about? No, what's or? hilarious was it would just be like phrases or something. Like I remember the one I really remember was "Life is like a bowl of cherries" or something like, or "Life's just a bowl of cherries." Uh, and I just did a speech on that, and so it's just like so. There's nothing you have to know a lot about, but extemp is different, oh. and there's. Um, at least in white, because I know somebody might be like, no, there's humorous ex- extemp and, or whatever, but, or no, not extemp, I'm sorry. Yes, because it was extemporaneous. There's something like that was like political. I can't oh, remember the name right. of it. Okay. There was impromptu, and then there was something you did where there was foreign and, and, um, uh, domestic mm-hmm. and the, the foreign ones the kids were super smart they carried around like pre wheelie suitcases they carried around like those weird lock boxy things that had wheelie things up to carry yeah, files yeah and they read newsweek and everything and they would get wow. um different topics and they would have to make up a seven minute speech and they got a half an hour to make up a speech okay on some like actual foreign policy thing or some domestic policy Oof. thing and i one time there was only a certain amount of kids who could do certain categories and tournaments and i already proven i was good at impromptu but they already had two people they wanted to do impromptu so i had to do extemp i'm, I'm pretty sure it's called extemp yeah and i got the question what is um no what is the uh, how do you feel about labor or something like that? But much more scientific than that. Yeah. Now I could have not, I couldn't have been less informed. Right. I think I brought like two newsweeks from my parents' house uh-huh. and I had no idea what labor was. So I spent a half an hour not knowing what I was talking about or like just not knowing what to do. Yeah. Like where do you even start? Yeah. And then that's gave the us- worst part. It's like almost worse if you have that half hour because a half hour feels like not enough. Yeah. To just be like, to I, do anything. With. I should have been able to figure something out. Uh-huh. And then I spent seven minutes talking about how work is good. Like I didn't understand what the term labor meant. Right. Which is also just how great my that's public school very- education vague 
I wouldn't. I mean, what are they asking? Well, they're asking said about like unions. Thing. I mean, right, right, and right. but the kids that knew about that stuff, they would have had something. They would have known. They like, would have had a workers complete rights. And yeah. this is how it is in one country. And this is how it is. This is how we protect our workers in our country. All right. Yeah. Or they would have had. Yeah. You would have had speeches about companies that treat their employees well. And so they avoid unions versus and maybe, you know, are you pro teachers unions or anti them? How much does a union protect? How much, right. you know, Hoffa, all that stuff. I mean, yeah. now I could talk about yeah. it. Probably not that educated, but I could bullshit better. Right, right, right. But at the time, I was just talking about work is good because all I thought was labor is work. I, I mean, mean, what you're describing is basically like what people's anxiety nightmares are yeah. still. Like people who have nothing to do with what we do for a living will ha- still have a dream that they are at school and have to speak for seven minutes On something. about something they're not prepared for. Yeah. That's terrifying. My And the problem with this being good at things like that, and ex- with the exception of that horrible labor speech, is that it's it's reinforced my laziness because if you're really good at making things up on the spot you're like eh, really well, I'm a, i'll figure it out when i get there i really get it <sighs> because that's a, something i didn't know was in me in that direct of a way for most of my life i think i i knew i was a last minute lucy that's not an expression <laughs> mm, i knew i was a last minute lucy mod i just want to put both l and m in there uh, shout out to Lucy Maud Montgomery and Green Gables. Um, uh, but I didn't know how much so until I started doing improv in my mid to late 20s. And then I was like, oh, my God. So I don't have to write for this. Yeah. I don't have to do anything really except show up for this. Wonderful. So this can be good or bad. But like I have the excuse of it having been extemporaneous either way. Yeah, it's, it's all bad. I'm off the hook. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's very, uh, it is. But then that, and it spills over, improv spills over to your life in a great way, but it also spills over into like a, but I'm used to not having to prepare anything. Yeah. And then you like book something where you have to know your lines and you're like, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I guess I should memorize these. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So you're, so I like this, uh, I like this Sassafras who's um, doing these extemporaneous uh, impromptu speeches. What about like, how do, what about like uh, having crushes on people and sort of standing out in that way? Or, um, you know, how do you navigate that? I was an entirely non sexual being for most of high school. I made the mistake uh, my sophomore year of cutting my hair short and proceeded to grow out like the worst haircut in the world. How and, short? Like short, short, like boy short. Okay. Uh, I had, I've done, I've cut my hair short three times in my life and every time it's been a bad decision. Uh, but I, cause I, I have body dysmorphia in the sense that I think that I look differently than I look. So I'll see somebody with like a really short, cute pixie haircut and I'll be like, that's, that's what I want to be. And I want a name like Sam because it's cute, but you can only have <laughs> like androgynous names and androgynous haircuts and wear androgynous clothes. If you are either totally comfortable with being perceived as androgynous or the most feminine or the most petite and you have the biggest eyes and the fullest lips. But if you're 6'1 and you've just like chubbed up in your freshman year in high school, you can't you can't cut your hair short because and and you already wear bulky clothes because you're just you don't like yourself that much because then you just get a lot of excuse me sirs. And mm-hmm. and oh, I got glasses like my 8th grade year, so freshman year and sophomore year these big horrible Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were green, not red, but they were huge. Uh, young youngsters Google Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah, I have a short haircut. Um, 
and I'm, you know, like a little chubbier, but I'm starting to get boobs. And I just, I just completely shut down. Like, I was just like, that's it. You are now funny and not, uh, nothing about you. So I had almost no crushes. There was one boy and he was beautiful. He was, he looked like a Chinese Tom Cruise because he was half Chinese, half white. He looked like Tom Cruise and he was really tan Mm -hmm. and he spiked his hair and he had cuts on his forearm because I guess he'd gone through like a horrible breakup and was a cutter. So he had these scars. Yeah. And I thought he was the sexiest sure. person on Everything the planet. Everything you're saying, that makes perfect sense. So, Chinese Tom Cruise. Oh my cutter God. Chinese Tom Cruise. And he was a skater kid. Yeah. And he was, I mean, he was physically beautiful. Yeah. Skater kid, emotional cuts. And, sure. And like real tan. And, sure. Oh my God. And I was in love with him. And he was in cat class with me. Uh-huh. And... Of course, I think probably everybody knows whenever anybody likes you and you're awkward, you just then like are weirdly mean to them. Sure, so he would be sure. so pleasant. It's the only to me. way to go. Only way to go. Like, good job on that video, Colleen. And be like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I was in love with him. Oh. And it stayed pretty much that was it. Oh. And then he graduated, and then I finally grew my hair out and, you know, became a person. And I then I had finally had a boyfriend my senior year in high school. So that was it. Did you, this is, a, this is a small detail that uh, is not important if you don't remember, <laughs> but I was just thinking about when I cut my hair mm-hmm. and everything you just described, I can relate to, which isn't to say, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly uh, shorter than you and I have big blue eyes. So do, none yeah. of those things, like uh, some of that applies to me and some of that doesn't, but uh, I know exactly who the thi- I know exactly the people I was influenced by. Like I can say I was going through like a heavy Audrey Hepburn phase. Yeah. Heavy Audrey Hepburn, heavy sixties, short hair, Audrey Hepburn. Uh, and I wanted to have like her wait until dark hair. Like I wanted it, which doesn't make sense because there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into that quote unquote pixie. Cause it's like a weird pompadour in the back. Like there's a lot of teasing yeah. happening. It looks, it might as well be a wig, you know, those sixties hairstyles. Yeah. They're insane. so overquaffed and I don't have the ability to do that, nor do I have that kind of hair or that time or like, that, time. that kind of time. No, I don't have any of it. And I'm, you know, 15 or 16 or whatever. And so when I cut it, I too looked like suddenly I just had, it was way too short. It was just like very short and it kind of just wanted to grow forward. And I looked more like Macaulay Culkin than I ever have but i know why i did it and i'm wondering because of what you described if there was like an uh, an icon that you were kind of copying or if it was just a girl in school or or nothing there was and there were a couple but um this one and i realized this in another like a storytelling show that as i was saying and i'm like oh my god this was your inspiration it was uh jamie lee curtis great from true lies oh my god great 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 and what great. i love about that is that i was emulating a woman who the big story from that was how hot she looked for her age so as a like a tween i was trying to be i wasn't trying to be a fish called wanda jamie lee curtis i was trying to be true lies jamie lee curtis (laughs) but that was what came what had come out recently yeah but i will say i think it's i think you did a good job of finding i mean i don't have any of audrey hepburn's sensibilities i have way more of jamie lee curtis's sensibilities which is to say she is tremendously unfeminine for in many ways and and very feminine in others, but like definitely has a, a a copyable energy that I see in you, which is she's so funny, yeah. And she doesn't, although she has this like knockout body. There's a real one of the things that's so appealing about her, and why I would consider her a, a, a hero of mine, even though I've never thought of it this way before, or really thought of her as a hero, or would have named her as a hero, is that she has this sort of like oh these boobs, 
oh, guys like these? Okay, here yeah. they are. But like, it, there isn't sort of a like coquettish or like wayfish. No, like she takes up space. Do you know what I mean? She takes up space. She seems very like straight ahead, sort of like, hey guys, I'm a girl, but I can hang with you, but also. Yeah, I always wanted to be that kind of lady. But what I also realized, and I am, I think, that kind of lady, very straightforward, but... I'm, but I'm not built like Jamie Lee Curtis. Like I, sh- she probably seems taller than she is. I guarantee sure you, right. she's sure like right. tiny. I mean, maybe she is. Mother's yeah. Janet Lee. I mean, she must be tiny, yeah. and she has like tiny little nose and tiny little. Feet. I mean, yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I'm just yeah. I personality wise, it makes sense to yeah. me, but I understand. Because yes, I mean, I loved her from both of those movies. I thought she was so funny and interesting yeah. and smart. But I loved and I loved her haircut. Um, and I, I mean, I guess I would almost say Winona Ryder, but I didn't want to be like Winona Ryder. I just right. wanted to look like Winona Understood. Ryder. Understood. I can totally relate to that also. But yeah, that the kind tiny, of... Tiny, tiny, the tiny with the short haircut. Yeah. And then it's just, it's just almost like, let's get rid of the hair that's getting in the way of how pretty my face is. Oh my God, that's <laughs> such a great way of putting it. And I'm like, I'm not... That's such a great way of putting it. Because you see those people, like you see Halle Berry with a long wig and you're yeah. like, it's just distracting from yes. how perfect your face is. Yes. Just, just, you could just shave it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I'm a person, I think, who needs a little hair to, you know, soften things. Not, Not that I'm, like, a man, but different people have different face shapes and yeah. body shapes. And Absolutely. Like so, yeah, in high school, I needed hair. Okay. And I so brought you had a, grown it out and you, oh, you brought a picture? I brought a picture, so you have okay. a great picture. And I will certainly be putting that on. Yeah, yeah. Internet. So people will see how awkward it is. Yeah. Oh, God. And so what was your boyfriend like with the one that you finally had? Um, He was nice. I, I can't remember him very well. I remember we had a lot of like teenage drama. I remember he was always late and he was always playing video games. <laughs> um, uh, but we had a very honest sexual relationship. I really remember that. Mm-hmm. Like we would really break stuff down and talk about it. Interesting. And yeah, that seems unique, right? Yeah, for that time. I will I say, I think the all the sex education and all the um, AIDS education and all that stuff and all those after school specials really worked on me because I was very afraid of in the moment I wouldn't wouldn't say the the thing that you were supposed to say like right. hey will you put a condom on or will you get tested right and when that moment came i was like yep you need to get tested and we you need to put a con-. like i did all that stuff yeah which i was very i personally surprised myself i also think claire danes helped with that because in my so-called life she turned down sex from jared leto who was you know right she turned down jordan Calano and uh-huh. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I think I kind of maybe even mimicked her mm-hmm. speech of like, well, we're not going to do it in my parents' house or your parents' house. Wow, it's good to hear and know that like there's an influence that's that direct. Yeah. Speaking of like speechless and you giving speeches, like that you can draw a straight line to something like my so-called life. Yeah. And just be like, okay, that makes sense. I get yeah. it. I'm not she has red it. hair, died. Yeah. But still. She's the greatest actress of our generation. Yeah, yeah. Do you still feel that way? I, I admit, do. I, I, I somehow didn't watch my so-called life. And I think it was one of those things, I've talked about this on the podcast before, where one of my best friends was so into it that I was like, you know what, I'm going to let her have that. Like, I didn't want to invade. Yeah. I was very like... Sometimes I'll resent I was like, oh, something, oh, you love too. R.E.M., Sarah? I'm not going to get in your way. <laughs> she was like, I'm... 
you don't hide in my way. Like, we can enjoy this together. And I'd be like, no, honey, that's your thing. Not in a condescending way, but like, I really think, and yeah. I think that's an only child in me that was like, you don't have to share that with you, with, with, with me. It's okay. That's your thing. And I'll love the cure or whatever. I'll, I call that. Is that cool? Yeah, cool. And we then get- we'll just like exist, Cohen's, we'll, we'll exist together and you'll play REM for me and I'll play the cure for you. But like, you don't need to go play the cure by yourself. <laughs> what an asshole. Um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic show. I mean, there's a couple iffy episodes. There's one where there's like a ghost of an angel who's homeless, and it's like, all right, guys. <laughs> As someone who doesn't know the show, that just sounds wonderful. But she's, they're all, I mean, some people are better than others, but like, she's great. The show's great. Um, and there's some uh, fantastic writing in it that's just very honest and real. And, and it was funny on Mad Men, um, this guy who plays Brian Krakow, it was on Mad Men the the season, and on Twitter it was just like Brian Krakow, Brian Krakow. There's so many people who are very invested in yeah. all those characters and what happened. Who's to them. the guy who was on Mad Men the season who played him? Or like, because I don't, I only know his character's name, all which right. is he's who Peggy uh, hooks up with. Oh, okay, that's Brian. Yeah, Krakow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, t- big time. It's a big deal. That's a. I don't even want to have that conversation. I was going to say like, oh, it's interesting to be a part of something that, you know, you're most known for a thing that you did a long time ago and sort of what your, what does your relationship become with that? Like, do you embrace it? Some people do. Some people like don't want to embrace that. And they're sort yeah. of like, why can't it be taken seriously for these other things I've done? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I understand I, both. I understand both. Yeah. I would say people always want to be known for one thing and then usually are known for something else. Mm, interesting but if you get known for the thing you want to be known for you're super excited yeah but like people who want to be actors but were known as musicians like i didn't realize that i guess this could be made up but that garfunkel left simon and garfunkel because he wanted to be an actor I, i i believe that because i know he was in body heat or whatever yeah but uh but I didn't know that either. So if that is a true fact, that's really interesting because in yeah. the, the idea of, oh, you made it as a musician, yeah, but you really wanted to be an actor yeah. or people who really, really wanted to be musicians. I just read the uh, River Phoenix biography and like he really wanted to be a musician, but he made it as an actor. So then he's instantly a poser in the music yeah. world. And it's like, no, but he, the whole time he wanted to do this, he just found success. And also way. like, yeah, that's a whole thing. That is, a, it's a whole thing that is a those microcosmic examples of the sort of uh, macro of like you know people just want to understand what they understand and like there's we there's this kind of I think it's maybe it's less now. It feels like and and honestly I would credit like comic cons and nerds and I think like the sort of like real lovers of art and and who are consuming creative stuff on a more intense level somehow that feels like it's tied to this idea that like you can be more and that's okay you can cross over more and that's okay but in like still regular non-alternative culture it is still hard to be a Zooey Deschanel where people are like and by the way she has this great band and everyone loves it you know but it took a while for that to be a thing it was like she had to sing an elf for people to understand that she could sing and it's like and that she would want to start this little band and stuff but like it is it's sort of hard but and but it's like why why why, why can't we just embrace... If Kevin Bacon is also a musician and he's great, fantastic. I guess if he's not great, then that doesn't... That sort of doesn't help the cause of yeah. other people being like... You know, Bruce Willis as a, as a rock star didn't help the cause of someone being like... And to say also these poor rich celebrities who... Yeah, you, you <laughs> that also, poor man couldn't be a musician <laughs> like he really wanted to be. And you think they're, they're using 
they're parlaying one thing into something else and you feel like they're abusing a privilege. Right. right. I will say though, um, whenever anybody, there are certain things that are very vulnerable. So dramatic acting and singing. Like I think anybody who's like a singer, non-singer, a human being in the world, singing is probably one of the most terrifying things to do. And I think cause it's so vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and to, I think the only way to get away with singing and, and be a musician is to be incredibly earnest. Mm. Cause you look at most musicians and they're re- when you strip down all the like hair and makeup or whatever, they're nerds underneath. They're, mm. they're real band geeks. They're weirdos. Mm-hmm. And they manage to just have a really attractive outer shell or they manufacture a really attractive outer shell. Right. But they're very earnest and that level of vulnerability and it not being good is it's even more obvious that it's not good. Yeah, that's a and, good point. And it's the same thing with dramatic acting. Like comedic acting, even if it's not funny, they're protected by the fact that they were trying to be silly. Right. But when they're trying to be serious, you know, someone really goes for it dramatically yeah. and it's bad, it's like, ooh. Yeah. And so I think that crossover too becomes – you're like, okay, what are you about to do? Because I'm about to be real uncomfortable on a level I've never been with anybody yeah. else. Yeah. You know what I just flashed to when you were talking about the singing too is the ultimate in get rid of that hair it's getting in your way of Sinead O'Connor, which was like very much my sort of you oh, know, yeah. young young self was like oh, looking, also, looking at when nothing compared to you out came out being like, and also like that was when her hair was grown out, grown yeah. out because it was like a quarter inch instead of totally shaved. And just looking at, like, the fact that it was just her effing face, her beautiful, perfect face, her beautiful, earnest, perfect face, larger than life, just, like, that's it. That's all the video is, is a shaved-headed, wonderful, beautiful woman. I was like, how is this a thing? How is she... I remember Doing watching this. it. We, we, the house we grew up in, some, it was some guy's like dream house. So we built these like three separate little houses that were the functions of a normal house. And my parents, when we moved in, they're like, we can't have the kids in like a separate house. So they connected two of the houses. But what would basically be my parents' office, the guest room, and a family room was in a separate house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just call it the other house because we were super creative. Uh-huh. And the <laughs> other house had an, a TV in it. And my dad did not like watches it uh, like us watching MTV. He was like, "Why do you want to watch music?" He didn't right, understand. Right. <laughs> so a lot of MTV watching happened in the other house because yeah. you would just go in there and watch it. And I remember sitting there watching "Nothing Compares to You" like when it first came out, and it was all you know there were only like fifteen videos, so it right, on all the time, right. um, and crying uh, at watching it, and not a hundred percent knowing why I was crying, and assuming it had something to do with the emotional sadness of it. But realizing later that it had more to do with the fact that she was so ethereal and pretty and also shaved head and, and like hard. And like she was everything that I think I wanted to be like non-compromising exactly. and pure. Unconventional but still yeah. like conventional beauty. Yeah. And also crazy talented yeah. and emoting and talking about something – and she's also the villain of it too. The song, yeah. she's the jerk yeah. who who hurt the other yeah, person. You're right. Which very few female songs are like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously Prince wrote it, but it's still like it's really interesting the idea of I'm the one who broke your heart, but I miss you and I wish you'd come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very there's a lot of levels. I never thought about that. I think I overthink everything. So but. No, you don't. <laughs> First of all, hello, kindred spirit. <laughs> Second of all, I don't, I don't overthink that, and that reminds me, I could talk to you for ever and ever and ever, amen. But forty-five minutes. Um, I mean, it really has been fifty-one minutes, and usually by this time I would be playing a smash game, which I'll do in a second. But 
uh, I was just with <clears throat> friends of mine who are parents. I'll go ahead and name them. Greg and Amira Barrett, my two of my favorite people in the world. Uh, uh, they've both been on the podcast. I suggest you listen to their episodes immediately if you haven't. Not immediately. You want Turn to it off right now. Finish this out. Finish this out. Stay with us. Stay with us. Uh, but Amira is an amazing mother, and she's she's so tough and tender. But she's like she's a mama mama lion. Like I would not cross her when it comes to her protectiveness of her daughters, which is what needs to be happening in this city. And it's not to say she's like a helicopter mom, but her her perception, her ability. We were talking. We were like joking about movies that we loved in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Yesterday and. Uh, and Amira, we were, ta- we were talking about um, 16 Candles because they had watched it with the girls, just sort of not remembering that it is just so much about like everyone wanting to have, to se- have sex with each other. And then, you know, I, we were <clears throat> joking about how, you know, the Jake character like gives his drunk yeah. girlfriend to Anthony Michael Hall and is like, drive her home, get, get rid of her. And then they end up having sex in a car outside. And, uh, and, and, you know, just the way the, the, that, and then like this other movie, I couldn't remember where it was like, oh, you know, they're basically just like passing their girlfriends around. And I, I really realize like considering myself a feminist, I just don't even, I can't see those old messages because it's just steeped in my childhood and nostalgia. And I just see it as this iconic thing that I loved. And I'm not able to put those mom glasses on those feminist glasses on where she's like, I don't really want to see my daughter's see guys you know like see someone say like Ugh, take my girlfriend like take, yeah. take her, just get rid of her i'm going to this other person now or whatever and uh and i really was like oh like i'm not and that's that's what it made me think of when you were saying nothing compares to you is like i don't even remember knowing that it was different that, that perspective was there that makes perfect sense and makes sense why it would be so you know uh interesting to women revenge of the nerds is the worst in that I haven't seen it in so long. I couldn't even remember. She, her boyfriend is wearing like a Darth Vader, Darth Darth Vader, Darth Vader outfit. Uh I think it's Darth Vader or an Ed chimp costume, but I think Uh it's Darth Vader. (laughs) They're Um, very interchangeable. But um, the main nerd has one, a costume on too. And he has sex with his girlfriend and she thinks she's having sex with her boyfriend, but she's having sex with. And I remember thinking that's right there's something wrong about this and then i remember i was too young to be thinking this but i think i was also like oh there's that like it's she's not copable like she's not guilty in that sense right so she gets to have sex with somebody else without having the guilt which i guarantee you is catholicism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and really upsetting that my brain has some weird thing in it that goes mm-hmm. like how can you get away with having sexual feelings without guilt yeah and yeah. that i somewhat computed that to that God, and that then also thought it was sense. really fucked up that yeah. she was basically raped yeah so oh there's God, the, the so true see two very weird uh rivaling things happening at the same time i feel like you and i could really write some interesting theses on uh, a lot of different things and i pu- i'm putting myself into your camp even though i think yours would be better i gotta get into this mash game okay. regretfully regretfully I okay. i've never regretted getting into mash it's one of my favorite parts of the podcast but it means that it's drawing to an end i'm very excited about it. i haven't played mash in a really long time all right well let me start with uh my first category is going to be three 
people. Uh, side note, we didn't really get into this because there's like a million layers of Colleen's talent that we didn't get into. <laughs> but she, the, when she mentioned that she does this dirty puppet show, it, it is it is a show called Puppet Up. Uh, I it was one of the first things I sort of fell in love with when I came to LA. Um, and it is through the Henson Company, and it's improvised puppetry. We've, pre- we've presented it in San Francisco. I w- loved it so much, I decided I wanted to become a Henson puppeteer until I started being tutored every week by one of the Henson puppeteers and discovered that I was going to have to stop everything else I was doing to get good <laughs> at it. Like, I was just going to have to stop doing everything else. Um, I have so much admiration and respect for it. I can't even wrap my head around it. I, ha- I have so much admiration and respect for just being a Henson puppeteer without the improv side, just to work in that world. And then to also be making shit up while you're focusing on making sure that your puppet is doing what it's supposed to be doing is, I I can't, it's like, so uh, everything about it is, I really talked a lot this episode because I'm, I have like a girl crush on you and that, that makes sense to me that that's when I really over talk and I don't let you say anything. Uh, it is so adjacent to skills I know I have and yet it feels so unattainable that I just like, you're a God to me. Do you know what I mean? I think you'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I would have to stop everything. Stop everything. It was so hard. Just getting the eyes to focus on a camera lens was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Just backwardsness of of looking yeah. at a monitor and everything you do it, is it's backwards. It's hard, and then one day it like clicks over. It's very weird. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so if you ever have a chance to see her do that, it's uh, astonishingly awesome. So I'm going to say uh, three um, icons in that world that you uh, can work with, living or dead, from any time. Oh, in the puppet world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we would obviously say, say Jim Henson. Yeah. Um. And Frank Oz, I was obsessed with Frank Oz as a kid. Yeah. I just got to work with Dave Gold, so I won't say Dave oh, Gold. He is one of my favorite people. He, oh, he's so nice. He is, I could, you know what? I'm going to write myself a note to get in touch with him because he somehow, in the process of us doing stuff with him at Sketchfest, became like my Uncle Dave, where like I can ask him for advice about stuff, uh-huh. like life stuff. Like, <laughs> Dave Gold, should I have a kid? What should I do? I mean, what an amazing human. I love that you got to work with him. Um, and then, um, hmm. just because I adore her and I already have gotten to work with her, but she lives in England and she was one of the original Muppeteers and I never get to see her because she lives in England, Louise Gold. Great, 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 great. Ugh, I wish that I could make all of these happen <laughs> today. Okay, next one will be you can jump into three movies any of them, uh, obviously you end up with one, uh, any of them, no personal risk to you. It's just a wonderful, it's a world, even if the world's scary, you're safe. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's, it's a world you can jump into whenever you want for as little or as long as you want. Okay. Um, because I grew up as a minority, um, and, but being a majority, I have a lot of uh, white guilt and I, every time I saw like Mississippi burning. I wish I could go in and like help people. Oh so God. Mississippi what a burning. Great and shocking answer. I love it. Um, in terms of, cause also I'm a, a puppet. Oh, clue. Obviously clue oh, should have been the number one answer. There you go. It's my very favorite movie in the oh, entire universe. That's great. Um, and then labyrinth because I was, oh, um, yeah. in love with David Bowie. Oh man. That's a, none of these are wasted. I'll tell you that really, really, really solid answers. Um, okay. Next one will be, yeah, uh, let's go with you. Well, you know what? Let's go with you. Wake up tomorrow and mm-hmm. Matrix style. You've downloaded a skill that you know three that you don't ever have to practice at. You're just an expert at instantly. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, I would love to be like a, 
amazing like dancer great like, i'll go for modern dance if you need a specific one i'm just saying dancer okay i'm gonna give you all of the dances i would love to be a badass like martial artist like mixed yeah, martial arts mixed you know so you can martial. like you kind of box and all that kind of stuff yeah um and then i would love to be able to speak spanish great perfect okay uh next i'm gonna go with um to think of recent mash topics that i am forgetting that people have suggested boy i'm really bad at this i get into these brain grooves with this game i'm gonna open up this folder and see if for some reason i have some extra <laughs> oh i do i do okay here's some here's some new ones that i haven't done that much with uh you get to do like a like a one day body switch with with someone okay. three people that i mean i guess in a perfect world we all know who they are because then we can imagine it but three people that you're interested in uh in doing a, a body switch with okay somehow and why current or it could be at any anytime time. anytime any person um i would love to know what it was like to exist inside michelle pfeiffer 80s michelle pfeiffer's body great because i can't even imagine it no it must be Though she like dates or dates and marries like normal guys. Yeah. I think she's a big like I like talent and I like that this person yeah. is grounded in some way. I just wonder what it'd be like to be in be that beautiful for a day. Um uh I'd also like to be I I definitely want to know what it would be like to be a man. I'm gonna tr- try to think of like a man I would be interested in being inside of. <laughs> that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds so horrible. Uh, um hmm. Hmm. Ugh. I should just spit things out. No, I, but it's okay. I, I don't mind that you're being thoughtful about it. I know that you have the ability to be an improviser and spit stuff out, but I'm also excited about you giving it thought. Because now I'm trying to think of that. I haven't done this one very often, so yeah. I don't have any go-tos in my head either of what I would of what I would do, of who I would be interested in. Yeah, like, but I feel the same. I definitely mine might all be men just because it would be so wildly different than Yeah, it would be really interesting me. to be able to um, <clears throat> I love I love body swaps where the the what's it called is the person is really evil and the other person's really good like yeah. the man in the iron mask type yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and I always love that scene mm-hmm. when that person's really nice mm-hmm. and that person's really surprised mm-hmm. at this normally awful person so maybe like <clears throat> maybe some uh, evil king from some pe- sure. from the past let's no, go evil great. king great so then I can be the nice person who changes <coughs> stuff That's for great. the evil king. Um, but I guess just for a day, so then everything returns back. Then you to, kill yourself. At the well, end yeah, of the I kill myself at the end, and then, and then we free. There Great. we go. You you solve the problem. Yeah. Um, and then who else would I? Uh, I you know what? Just because uh, because he's gone, and it would no, that'd be weird. I was gonna say I would maybe know what it's like to be my dad, but no, because then I, I hear I, you. Yeah. I actually like that I don't like that I I get what he wanted me to know, not what I would assimilate from. Right. Um, <laughs> I know it's good. It's hard. It's really hard. That is not something that I would immediately have like a because there's nobody else's life that I. I guess I'm at this point. I'm old enough to know that everybody's life isn't what it seems like. Well, that's and that's kind of what I'm leaning into. Actually, I was sort of thinking to myself, like, I wonder what it would be like to be not unlike what you're talking about with Michelle Pfeiffer in the '80s. Is like, who do I think? You know, what would it feel like to be somebody who is sort of revered and like to sort of walk away with an understanding of potentially their insecurities too. And to sort of feel inspired by that, like yeah. to, to walk, to it, learn you know, from to, that. Yeah. To sort of go, well, I wonder if, you know, like a, a really fine writer or a fine artist, like sort of understanding 
that even those people like to trade places like I, you know what i would switch with dre bradbury because he's my favorite author and and i think he had such a love of life that i would love to sort of feel yeah. what that felt like feel what and especially someone who's so prolific who's just like brimming with stories that they feel like they have to tell all the time would be fun to just be in that bubble of ideas constantly yeah because i guess you surface. get to be inside their brain too right yeah um, I guess the other, you know, just time periods, because uh, I'm thinking of, there's millions of time periods I'm fascinated by, but I'm also thinking of like living conditions because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's like, oh, medieval England would be cool. But then you're like, ugh, it would be horrible. But I feel like to get to live in Greece mm-hmm. as, uh, or maybe even like the, like the Roman empire mm-hmm. when, and it was clean, you know, like aqueducts and all yeah, that kind of stuff. They figured out some they figured good some hygiene out. stuff. And to be like middle class, mm-hmm. you I know, like so not like royalty, but get to like see a bunch of stuff, but not be like poor or a slave, but yep. get to just like observe. And I like could be oh, anybody, great. just a middle class person. That's great. Just to see what life was like. That's absolutely a great answer. Uh, next one. Uh, Gotta always get this one in. Uh, three foods that uh, in this world you probably can't eat in excess for any reason. Could be for allergy. Could be because you put on weight. Could be that it gives you acid reflux, whatever. But three things that um, in this mash world of ours uh you can have the snap of a finger and you can eat it in perpetuity and nothing bad happens fried chicken great um a chocolate cake my sister made any it can be any kind great but she just makes perfect uh, chocolate it. cakes and i love chocolate cake great and I'm torn between French fries and tuna fish sandwiches. I'm going to go with like, there's a specific tuna fish sandwich from this mm-hmm. restaurant that was on a baguette and it came with like a oh, vinaigrette next to it. Great. And they massaged the tuna so oh, it was real yeah. soft. So yeah, yeah that tuna great. fish sandwich with that salad. Great, great, great. I love it. Okay. Let's get into, uh, got to get into mash. Uh, could be uh, this portion of it is is necessary. It could be uh, sexcapade. <laughs> It could be like alternate universe uh, husband or companion uh, or uh, alternate universe wife. I really have no. Uh, um, well, I would prefer I a husband. Okay, I mean, I would not a husband to have it like a life partner. Right. Yep. Um, so okay, well, I'll go from any era. From any era, any time. Um, you could you can say you know someone just said like Paul Newman HUD era. Of course, kind of I mean thing. Paul Newman's everybody's, that. isn't it? Like. I mean, it's I mean, kind maybe of should be. It should be. I think it should be as a true Paul Newman is a fill-in. Yeah. yeah, it's just like who's not gonna? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think. Okay, so obviously Ray Fine's obsessed with him. I love that you said obviously. Like we would all know that. But he's oh, like yeah, one of the most beautiful human beings. And I, I'll go for English patient era if that great, matters. Great, great, great. Um, Sam Rockwell. Oh yeah, Sam. Uh, I just great. think he's so cute. And I'm trying to think of the other person who would be. Who I haven't heard is like annoying, but maybe. Uh, but I could go back and if I could go back in time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Who's I? Oh, Paul McCartney. Great. Pre Linda, but this is the thing: is I don't want to like. It needs to be a separate universe where it is he. A separate, it's an alternate universe. Yeah, because I don't want to get in the way of him and Linda. Linda. I totally yeah. get it. But Paul, that's what's nice is that this is just extracted from reality and put into yeah. this other place. It's perfect. just a total separate universe where me and Paul McCartney are madly in love. With exactly. Him. Yeah. Okay. Next one is. Uh, are you a big music fan? Like, do you? Oh, yeah. Pass- okay. So three bands that um, you can uh, summon, or three singer songwriters that you can summon at will, who will just like quietly or loudly play for you whatever you want, whatever you want. Well, definitely uh, the Beatles. Great. It's it's a boring answer, but it's the true answer. 
There's a reason everyone says they're the best band of all yeah, time. Yeah. Radiohead. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Tom York could have also been on that list of men. Um, and Pro- did you leave him off because he's probably impossible? <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, just an impossible man to be around at all. Yeah. Like, he's so deep and, and like, snarky. Yeah. yeah. But I do adore him. I know. Me, too. Um, so, so, yeah. So, Beatles, Radiohead. And then... I'm trying to think of what I listen to. Like, it's probably... It's Britney Spears. Great. That is uh, the most amazing list <laughs> of, of, of different people. If you I look at my iBot, it's all like, it's, it's like Beatles, Radiohead, Britney Spears, Depeche Mode, Zeppelin, and like um, something else. Oh, and Tori Amos. Like those are my big Great. ones. Great. That's a really fun thing to know, actually. <laughs> um, and then last one. Let's do, you know what, I, for, I'm going to do fictitious impossible pet. So it could be, you know, a unicorn. It could be whatever, whatever that means to you. Three. Dragon. Great. Um, uh, Pegasus, because they can fly. Unicorn sure. can't fly. Sure. Um, and then what's another fictitious impossible pet? A, a, a yellow Labrador who lives uh, as long as I live. Because I don't want anything to happen to my dog the opposite of old yeller yeah <laughs> so blue who can live forever okay blue got it okay now tell me when to stop okay stop okay okay i'm gonna pause this do a little bit of calculations okay <laughs> let me get my calculator uh i'll come back with your 100 percent guaranteed mash future just realize usually I ask like for a vacation home so that the mansion apartment shack or house means more. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to put that, I'm going to sort of sneak that into the movie that you can jump into. Okay. Oh, the first one I want to say is that while you have already worked with her, so I don't know if that like takes the fun out of it a little bit, but Louise Gold is someone that you regularly are able to work with. That makes me That's very great, excited. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot, you know what? There's a lot of Anglophilia going on here. <laughs> so she lives in England. That doesn't surprise me because my guess is uh, that you and uh, young Paul McCartney oh. spend a lot of time in alternate universe England. And also you did end up with the Beatles. So that means that you were just like around, like you were the alternate universe, Linda McCarthy, I think. Sort yeah. Of. And I'm supporting, my um my boyfriend in yeah. his band yeah. yeah and like you're welcomed in how fun would it be to have like the beatles be like hey colleen yeah you're I not the yoko of this group yeah that's yeah. right that's right that's what it would be uh in this universe but also you can spend as much time in your apartment in clue world <laughs> weird you have like an apartment above the garage of the yeah. mansion in Clue. I'm the chauffeur that never That's comes right. out. That's and I'm right. Like, hey, I won't. I was about to ruin the movie for anyone who's about to watch Clue because of uh, this podcast. Yeah, it's a very recent movie, so you should probably. Know, but it is a great movie. Also, this is the anniversary. I think this is like the 30th anniversary of Clue. It's how old does that make me? Feel? I hope anyone takes anything from this that they go and watch Clue. I do too. That's the best piece of advice we can give. Yeah. Uh, let's get back into it. Uh, apartment in Clue Land. Paul McCartney, The Beatles, Louise Gold. Uh, you're also a fantastic dancer. Oh, good. Fantastic. Well, I, any style. I'm with the band, so I've got to be able to really shake, shake a, a rug when I'm... Sure, you're going <laughs> to shake a rug. Mm. Um, uh, you, uh, you're doing so much dancing, you're probably hungry a lot. Mm-hmm. Rest assured, you can have all the fried chicken you want. Oh, my God. All of it. That's really the one I wanted. There's nothing left for anyone else. You get all the fried chicken. There's no, I mean, I hope I get to come to America for my fried chicken. Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. I guarantee it. Also, uh, you know what it's like to be 80s era Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, wow. That's a huge... 
bonus. I'm going to need that because, you know, I'm dating the one of the most famous human beings that's kind of ever existed. Yeah. So you need the training of understanding. So I need to understand like to that, like, oh, you know. But, yeah. you know, Linda was more of a handsome woman. So... Paul. Yeah, I don't need you to. I don't think you need to look like Michelle all no. the time to have Paul. Like, you know, no, no, not, no, that's not what this is. You're you. However, you also have that. You know what? This is how you get to America to eat all the fried chicken you want. Although the fried chicken, also, you can just it could be American. Oh yeah, I chicken could summon it. Okay. summon. But you could also ride your dragon all the way to America. Yes, because you have a dragon, my dear. I got a dragon. This is a fierce outcome. I think it's wonderful. Yep. Uh, you know what else was wonderful? This. This was what wonderful. a joy. I know. We didn't end up getting into a huge fight. Any, even though you were confrontationally sitting right in front of me, I know. Very intense eye contact the whole time. It was my intention. It. We did to it. Leave I'm sorry here to disappoint in a rage. you. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I talked about Puppet Up. Uh, you have been appearing uh, on Paul F. Tompkins' amazing new podcast, Spontaneous Nation. I'm very bitter that we've not done an episode together. I hope that is in our future. Yeah. I will uh, write him and ask him to do that if he was willing to have me back on the podcast at all. Um, uh, there's no drama there, guys. That's, not, <laughs> that's just me being modest and hoping that he will want me back. Uh, what else? What else should I tell people? I know um, you're on Twitter because I just followed you. It just ended, um, but it, we just got on Hulu. Actually, I found out this oh, morning. Um, no, You Shut Up is now streaming on Hulu. Great. Which is the reason I that's know Paula Tompkins. Yeah. It's his show, and um, I you'll, you can see me puppeteer, and you can see me nice. be awful. I usually play a really obnoxious red squirrel. Great. And other, I play I most squirrel. of the conservative female. Oh, I play only the only female characters on the show. Yeah. Um, Gosh, she's so talented. Ugh. Thank you. She really is. Um, and if you're ever in Los Angeles, I I do the Uncle Joe show pretty often. Yeah, the Crazy Uncle Joe show. Did we Groundlings. ever do it together? No, I don't think so. We did a different show there. Oh, together. right, right, right. Um, but the Groundlings Theater um, on yeah. Melrose. If you're there, go see that. Right Even if I'm it. not in it, it's my favorite improv it is show. Such a great show. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to promote. I think that's it. I've got stuff, great stuff, hopefully in the works, but it's none of it's happened yet. So well, it's all, I'll promote pl- it. There's later. plenty to get started on guys. Plenty yeah. to get started on. Uh, Oh, Colleen, you're just wonderful. Thanks for having me. And listeners, you're also wonderful. Come on guys. You know, you're great. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by The Amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.